For all you quatrophiles out there, you're in luck. This is episode four. You're about to enter the Booterverse. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 4 of the Booterverse. On today's episode, we talk to pet psychic Carrie Kennedy. I will ask her, what's bothering my pussy? Vasily is going to be reporting from Brazil, and Judy Scheinbaum answers the question, what is the best way to wax your upper lip? You've just entered the Booterverse. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by prepubescence. Prepubescence. You can hardly be blamed for the sex you're not having. And now for news in my orbit. In a landmark decision, the Supreme Court ruled that corporations and anyone with a lot of money can do anything they want. The court then voted 6-3 to permanently disband, feeling they had nothing else important to do. Ever. Google may take a lot of heat for being the silent big brother of big data companies, but Facebook has done them one better. It has just been revealed that the social media behemoth has been conducting a secret experiment, manipulating feeds and monitoring the psychological effect this has on emoticons. Nearly three quarters of a million were targeted, and the results were nothing short of disturbing. Status updates about sunshine, cheese, and cavorting dolphins were suppressed, while those monitoring dead puppies, or iOS 7.1.2, were preferentially displayed. Smileys, ROTFLs, and winks were pushed to the breaking point. They were forced in record numbers to transform themselves into dismayed, weeping profusely, and pile of poo emojis. Especially disconcerting were the unexpected number of ninjas, kittenheads, and hamburgers. This raised serious questions about not only the ethics of the experiment, but also the potential effects social media has on the long-term mental health of emoticons. Now that outdoor dining season is in full swing, you might do well to ask yourself if you have a false sense of security about your picnic cutlery. Most people who have never considered the destructive potential of disposable utensils will be shocked to learn, as we were, that a Minnesota man last week cut through a styrofoam bowl with a plastic spoon. Merv Slick Halverson, 72, was participating in a basement supper at the 9th Lutheran Church when his spoon plunged through the jello square he was eating and punctured a small hole in the bottom of his bowl. Halverson expressed shock and dismay, saying that he was certain he was using appropriate force as he was merely eating a soft dessert. Still, the resulting hole was sizable enough that a small amount of orange jello dribbled out onto his pants. In light of this incident, the church is now pushing for warning labels on all plastic utensils and has postponed their annual spaghetti feed until the safety of the congregation can be safeguarded. Buddha. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by Roman Candles. Roman Candles, they're neither Roman nor candles. Buddha. And now for a segment we like to call Back in the Ukraine with our fearless foreign correspondent, Vasily Krapov. Vasily? Hello, Emery. Good to be back on show. Loving it, of course, for you. Uh, it is wonderful day here. Thank you so much for having on. Vasily, it is great to see you. Uh, where are you? Actually, I'm still in Brazil for World Cupping. Do you mean the World Cup? Listen, it doesn't not matter how you call it. The thing, it is when people running around with ball in on the field. Vasily, it's a huge world event. The global population is tuning in. Did you not enjoy yourself? 
Listen, how can you enjoy yourself? It is like Ukrainian folk dancing. You watching, but you don't understand how to play. You know, you don't know how to do. The people are running around on the field. You don't understand what they are doing. Vasily, it's pretty easy. They just run back and forth trying to put a ball in the goal. Listen, last time I tried to scoring, it was bad mistake. Okay, I run on field one time uh, with this streaking. I don't know what you call it in America, but you know, this streaking. You, you're letting all Ukrainian majesty hanging out, okay, for you. And uh, I get uh, arrested by police. Don't know why. People liking what they see. So Vasily, how was the World Cup in Brazil? Let me tell you, it is seriously liking the chickens running around in the, in the, how you say, uh, the fencing. The fencing, yes. They're running around pecking and picking and picking and bucking, 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 I don't understand it. Well, Vasily, again, I tried to explain it to you just a moment ago. Listen, your explanation, it goes in on uh, louding ears, okay, for you. I hit come in one timing and I don't hear anymore. Do you mean deaf ears? It fell on deaf ears? Listen, does not matter expression. Stupid American expression. Does not matter. What is mattering is now is this soccer thinking is over. And I'm so happy. What would make you happy? What sporting event do you actually like? Let me tell you. In Ukraine, national sporting is mud wrestling. That is correct. We make big pit filled with water and dirt, having the ladies wrestle around in the mudding. <laughs> Vasily, are you telling me that mud wrestling is the national sport of the Ukraine? What? What else we do? We are by Black Sea, we do fishing, and then we do mud wrestling. This is fine. And then we're watching the hens pick around. Because, you know, again, hen national bird of Ukraine. Go fighting cocks. By the way, no Ukrainian team in the World Cup. Why do I want to be watching this? Ukraine didn't make it. You know, we are not good at this game. What we are good at, though, is the mud wrestling. I challenge anybody to to Ukrainian mud wrestling match with our Ukrainian women. They are, like, strong, like ox or, like, turkey. They will peck eyes out with fingers in the mud. It is like a hand of the devil coming out of the ground. It will push you under. It's very intense. Listen, we have cable channel in Ukraine devoted to the national sport of mud wrestling. It is wonderful gaming. I think interesting to know, I once dated Ukrainian mud wrestling woman. She was wonderful. Let me tell you, she could build a house in five days. She could lift car with one hand. It was amazing time. Let me tell you, I have had more tires changed by that woman than anyone else. Because of course, Ukrainian, Ukrainian men do not change on tire. We get women to do it. It is one of their favorite pastimes. And I wish the Brazilian women would be like Ukrainian women. They are like twigging. I went to the Rio de Janeiro place and they had a big parade with glitter. I don't understand. It is like herpes of Brazil, this glitter. It is like the herpes of the herpes. Okay, it is on you like on you. It does not go away. And you try to fight back against glitter. It makes no difference. No difference at all. It just gets on you and then you look like the person vampire from the Twilight series booking. I hate that book. The series makes me want to die inside. It is so sad, like Ukrainian not making it to World Cup. And let me tell you, for all of you who doubt that Ukrainians will beat you in mud wrestling, you tune in to Ukrainian channel for mud wrestling and we will show you how it is done. That is all for report from Brazil. Oh dear. Well, um, thank you as always, Vasily. You keep on keeping on. Buddha. 
Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by narwhals. Narwhals. Yes, that's a big pointy thing on the top of their heads. Buddha. And with us as always is my favorite downstairs neighbor, Judy Scheinbaum, with a little segment we like to call The Last Lung with Judy. Judy Scheinbaum, welcome to the show. Emery, it is so good to see you. I am back and I am feeling fabulous. Well, Judy, that is great. What can we expect from you today? Listen, doll, I must tell you, I love what you've been doing with the show and the way you've been running things, but it's kind of time I start taking over. Well, Judy, I don't really know what that means. Well, if you just give me a moment, I'll tell you. We're taking the last lung in a whole new direction. Fill up your oxygen tanks, ladies. It's time to rock and roll. Listen, I have been asking people around, and let me tell you something. People ask me questions all that time. They say, but Judy, Judy, you must tell us the answer to these quandaries that we have. And so, because of that, I'm going to answer their questions. Are we going to do like an Ask Judy column on Last Lung? You betcha, doll. So strap in. My first question is from Sandy in Portland, Oregon. She says, what is your favorite upper lip hair remover? Well, listen. I prefer a weed whacker, but you can do whatever. There are some lovely waxes you can get at your local beauty parlor, and that will rip that stuff away faster than a non-paying tenant in my apartment building. <laughs> Listen, my face is as smooth as a baby's bottom. I have it conditioned every week at the parlor. My next question is from Maxine in Brooklyn, New York. Should I date the super in my building? Oh, well, honey, let me tell you, I dated the super one time, and he was a Mr. Fix-It. I don't know it was broken, but I sure left that apartment better than when he came in. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Seriously, if you date your super, you just have to know something. If things go south, you're going to have to change your own light bulbs. And listen, no woman likes screwing by yourself. You know what I mean? Date at your own peril. Seriously, I don't have a stepladder, so I don't date my super. He's got one. He lets me borrow it anytime I want. You, however, may have a stepladder, in which case... I'd say go for it. What else could you lose? My next correspondent is from Sadie from Sheboygan. She says, A squirrel died in my Buick. How do I get the smell out? Oh, honey, seriously. One time I had a chipmunk crawl up my chimney and that thing stayed there for a decade. My husband, I'm sorry, my late husband, God bless him, I love him, didn't do anything about it. That thing stank and stank and stank. Finally, you know what I did? I put a Glade air freshener in there and made everything go away. Seriously, just pop one of those things in your dashboard. You're going to be fine, sweetheart. You're going to be fine. Listen, Roadkill only has a smell quotient for a decade. After that, your Buick is going to be just like new. Seriously, tell people it's that new car smell. They will always believe you. Our last question today is from Gladys from Boca Raton. I love Gladys. She's part of my G-girls, Gladys, Gertrude, and Gina, and I love them. She writes in and says to me, Something about how she could decorate her Florida room. Hmm. Okay, seriously, Gladys, we all know your Florida room looks like the <laughs> set from Jurassic Park. I don't like to use the swears on the show, I think you know. But seriously, Steven Spielberg couldn't have more shrubberies in his Malibu apartment than you do on that Florida room of yours. Seriously, cut it back. You need a bushwhacker just to sit down. You know how I don't use power tools. Well, not in Florida rooms anyway. <laughs> Let's start pruning those shrubberies. Seriously, you've got overgrowth so crazy it makes my perm look like it's under control. Lock it up.
I love you, Gladys. For my last question today, let's see here. Let's see. Okay, uh, it says prefers name to be withheld. The question is, how can I get Emery's phone number? He's such a spicy little meatball. Judy, I think this has gone completely out of control. You need to stop this questioning right now. Well, I don't know how to get his number, but if you write me back, I may just be able to slip it under your door. Wink. That's been The Last Lung with Judy. Buddha. Today's episode of The Buddhaverse is brought to you by the Early Bird Special. The Early Bird Special, the great American octogenarian boneyard. Well, today on the Buddhaverse, we have a very special guest with us. Carrie Kennedy, a certified pet psychic, is with us. Yes, indeed, she does walk with the animals and talk with the animals. Carrie, it's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, let's be honest. A pet psychic, when people hear that term, that title, that phrase, what do they usually conjure in their minds? They probably think of Dr. Doolittle and, you know, this woman's crazy and... What is she talking about? Mm. Have you ever seen an actual push-me-pull-you? And what do you mean by that? It was the two-headed llama-looking figure in said movie, uh, which I assume is based on real-life animal genealogy. I actually have not been fortunate enough to see that, but that would be great to see it one day. It would be. I mean, I I believe they hang out with the unicorns. I don't know if that's that's true or not. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any sort of experience with mythological creatures? I don't, but I would love to learn about them. Mm. Absolutely. So what kind of creatures do you sort of specialize in? You know, I specialize in cats and dogs, horses. Uh, I've I've talked to a lot of other animals, though. I've talked to hamsters and turtles and uh, otters, river otters. Do you find that the turtles really go into their shell a lot with their emotions? (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, They're pretty uh, reserved, yes. How do you interface with the turtle? How does this whole thing, this, I guess you do readings, is that correct? That is correct. How does that work? Say I bring you my lovely box turtle, uh, how would you approach? Well, um, if I could hold the animal, that's great. If not, just be in its energy. And what I do is just kind of go into, I call it going into the gap and just kind of getting silent and trying to listen to them. And if they have something to tell me, great. Sometimes they don't always want to talk to me. So um, asking them questions about their life or what they want or what they wish for or who they're with, uh, usually they'll talk to me and tell me all kinds of things. Well, Carrie, I've been in a lot of gaps in my life and sometimes I've been worse for wear. Do you ever end up with an experience that you just felt was too much for you? Define too much. Something that might be psychologically scarring. I don't know about scarring. Uh, I've absolutely been, I've absolutely talked to animals who have been abused and neglected, and that has been very emotionally hard for me. Um, the one thing that people don't understand, and hopefully most people are starting to understand this, is that animals, all animals, have as many emotions and feelings as humans do. And therefore, I believe we should treat them with just as much respect as we hopefully treat our fellow human beings. What has been the most spicy animal that you've actually been able to read? That is a very good question. Uh, or perhaps saucy. Maybe there was a saucy animal. Oh, well, uh, Or gosh. a sassy animal. I talked to a lot of sassy cats who, you know, maybe they're not feeling well or... 
you know, dogs, dogs are so easy to talk to because they're, you know, they're just, blah, 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 blah. they want to talk and talk and talk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get cats uh, or, you know, even other animals that just aren't as willing to talk to me and maybe they don't feel well or whatever. And so they can kind of be a little bit sassy. Now a cat, how would you do a paw reading? Cause you can't do a palm reading. I assume. <laughs> do you do like a paw reading for the, the felines? I don't, but that would be an interesting subject to learn. I Absolutely. D- are there classes that one could take on cat or feline paw reading? I have never heard of that yet, but you know what? We should start that. That'd be great. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. Well, you know, I like pussies running around, so it's all just perfect. Now, the question we have to ask is, obviously you're dealing primarily with animals. Have you ever tried to read a human? Uh, does it not work that way? I'm a, I'm a novice. I'm not Dionne Warwick over here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's actually how I got started in this. Uh, I discovered I was a psychic medium when I was about 32 years old. I'm 37 now, so about five years ago. Uh, a, a very close relative of mine passed away, and I was very upset. The next day I was crying in my room, and I said, hey, you know, I know I can hear you. Because I knew I could. You know, I knew I had the ability, but I hadn't quite opened up to it in my 20s. I uh, wrote in my journals a lot. I'm a writer, and my handwriting started changing. And at the time, I didn't know what that was, but, you know, it's called automatic writing. And that kind of freaked me out. I put it away. I was getting all these messages from spirits who have crossed over. Totally freaked me out, you know, just completely ignored it. But the day after my uh, really close relative died, I said, hey, I know I can hear you. I want to hear you. And that's kind of when it all opened up for me. Is it easier for you to hear animals than it is humans? I think so just because I'm, I, I've practiced it more. I think it's a skill that you develop. Hmm. Does yeah. everybody have this skill? I believe so, yes. It, it's just whether or not you choose to develop it. How? So you were 32. I mean, you went through three decades of your life not really knowing anything about this, or maybe you had a sort of peripheral knowledge, but you didn't delve into it. How did you start exercising those techniques? Well, uh, when I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, it was a, it was a beautiful community there full of spiritual people. Um, I received Reiki treatments. I don't know if you know what that is. It's uh, spiritual, it's, it's energy healing. Is it kind of like... Is it kind of like what a lawn gets in the fall where you get the leaves off of it and you rake it? A little bit. <laughs> Not quite so much. Uh, it's it's basically acupuncture without the needles. It's hard to describe, but it's uh, it's channeling positive energy from so the universe. So it's like all the pain, but none of the, none of the actual needles. Exactly. Mm, if modern medicine could be like that, that would be amazing. You know, and I think modern medicine and this is Eastern medicine, they're going to merge. I mean, it's only a matter of time where they're going to merge and they already are. I mean, you've got Reiki, acupuncture, chiropractic care, all kinds of things that are merging together, which I think is awesome. So so every time one would go to a, a chiropractor, they're really experiencing Eastern medicine in some form. I don't know if it's so much Eastern medicine as just practical medicine. I mm. mean, it's very practical to me that the joints are in line, therefore everything else is working around it. Speaking of practicality, that's a great point. How practical do you find being able to hear animals? Do you do you walk down the street and all of a sudden a cocker spaniel is pissed off and you're like, oh my gosh, stop talking. We don't care anymore that you have a tuft of fur that hasn't been brushed in five weeks. Not as much as that as I feel what they're feeling. 
And then when I really tune into them and ask them questions, that's when they'll talk to me. You know, but I've always had animals just stop. If they're walking on the street, they'll just stop and look at me. And their owner will be like, my pet never does this. And I know it's because they know I can understand them and, li- and, and that I'm listening to them. Do you happen to carry around doggy treats in your back pocket? <laughs> I should. That would be a really good idea. Absolutely. And then <laughs> you could say, hey, look, they're stopping. They must have a reading. Come and see me. Exactly. Beautiful technique. That's a great idea. I really should do that. <laughs> Especially at dog parks. Do you go to dog parks and try to, I don't want to say troll, but do you troll the parks for animals that just need to be be heard? You know, I actually, um, I'm a nanny and I'm also, they, the family I work for also has four animals. Three of them are dogs. And so I love taking them to the dog park and just seeing them be happy and have fun. And, you know, I'll start talking to people there about their dogs and whatever happens happens I don't want to force anything you know I believe what's meant to happen will happen if people come to me and seek a reading from me then I think that's fabulous so how does one know that a pet psychic exists I mean if you had an animal and your animal was in a bit of a funk how would they even know to think that someone like you even existed That's a good question. I mean, if it were me, I would just Google pet psychic. There's just a plethora of really good pet psychics and animal communicators around the country. Wait, 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 wait. This is like a burgeoning industry? It is absolutely a burgeoning industry. I believe that, yes. So basically, for all of you graduates who graduated in 2008 to 2012, know that a career in pet psychiatry is there for you. So think about it or be open to the spirits about it and uh, give those dogs a listen. You don't know what they might be telling you. Now, the pet psychic world, how close-knit is it? I mean, do you guys have, you know, sort of a an email list or sort of a sort of a chat room as they used to say there, uh, where you guys commune there are groups on facebook for animal communicators um you know penelope smith she was she's kind of the the founder of all animal communications she's really kind of paved the way for all of this um she teaches classes i, th- I believe she's in arizona and many many people i've i would love to take her classes i've never taken one but Um, they're just kind of, I feel like they're just popping up everywhere and it's kind of, um, I don't know. I feel like it's a kind of, it it goes along with the shift of the planets and it's kind of a shift in our earth and a shift in our energy. And, uh, you know, people talk about the shift in 2012 and say, oh, that's, you know, hocus pocus. But I feel like there has been a real shift and, and a lot of people are wanting to know and feel what animals think and make them a part of our world and make them more of a priority. We spend an inordinate amount of money on our animals uh, in America. We love the heck out of our felines and canine friends, birds, parrots, whatnot. Have we gone overboard? I mean, literally, have we jumped off the the ship of rationale and just said, hey, we, you know, do we do too much for our pets? Have they gotten spoiled? I honestly don't believe in that. I believe that they deserve to be spoiled because they do so much for us that most humans don't understand. They heal us. They guard us. They protect us. They entertain us. They shed like the dickens. They do. But they have so many positive, important roles in our lives. And most people don't understand that because they're not energetically in tune with them. What is the energy that the animals sort of emit is there a huge range or does it vary by species how does this all work it is a huge range and it does vary by species um but 
you know, there's one universal truth about animals and that is that we are all on the planet to be respected and to learn from each other, to teach each other lessons that we can learn from animals. What's the top lesson? What if there was one thing we could learn from animals that the listeners could take away that animals can show us and be for us? What would that be? Good question. I would say unconditional love. They are a true representation of unconditional love and and teaching us how to live in the moment. And, you know, they don't hold grudges. They don't hate you for something you did 10 years ago. I know? beg to differ with that because I have been around several cats and I swear that they hold grudges. Maybe not against me, but they seem very finicky against certain people or towards certain people. I wouldn't take it personally, honestly. Cats. I do, I do, because <laughs> when you see an animal and they just put their butts in your face and they walk away, that hurts me. Actually, when they put their butts in their face, that's a very social thing for them. Mm. They want you to smell their butts as if other cats would smell their butts, believe it or not. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, that's actually a positive thing. And cats... I feel like cats are just very misunderstood. They're such loving creatures. And, you know, people come up to them and they rile them and get them all excited and anxious by petting them the wrong way. The right way. I don't know if you've ever seen my cat from hell with Jackson Galaxy. He's he's fanta- he's fantabulous. That's my word for him. There's an actual cat from hell that you know? Um, I've met cats from hell, absolutely. Are they as ridiculous as Dante made us believe they are? <laughs> um, probably not. I mean, Dante was a fantastic writer, obviously. Yeah, uh, cats don't get enough credit. You know, they're so loving. They're so loving and they're just misunderstood. I think cats may have gotten too much credit. I mean, if you think of the jeweled collars that they have, if you look at what the Egyptians did to these felines, I really think that we as a species, the humans, I think we've gone a little bit overboard. I will never feel that way because I feel like they should always be spoiled and absolutely loved and treasured. Are cats as powerful as the Egyptians thought they were? Should we be afraid of them? I don't think we should be afraid of them, but absolutely treasure them because they're so loving Mm. and they're so Just pet them and stroke them and just love them. let them come to you. Cats Mm. are more... Let them lead the way. Let them lead the way. Let them come to you. Let them dictate how they want to be pet and loved on. You know, because so many people go up to them and rub them vigorously and they're like, It's, it's too much energy. You know, we are all energy and... They emit energy and they absorb energy and it's too much sometimes, so. You've talked a lot about energy, but there's also another thing that we've talked about a little bit, which is behavior. Where does the line between just animal behavior and general traits that animals exhibit when they do certain things cross over into sort of that energy that you're talking about? Because some might say that, oh, well, you're just observing the animal and taking their physiological traits and what they're doing and then reading that into what possible energy they might be admitting. That's a great question because it's kind of like comparing humans to... Unicorns. Personality. Absolutely. (laughs) Humans with personality versus their soul. And I believe that's the same for animals. You know, um... They have a soul, but they also have a body and a personality, which is totally different in my belief. Have you ever met a narwhal? I have not, and I, I'm not sure what that is. No, it's a it's an, a whale uh, with the unicorn horn. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of the narwhal. Is this a... I, I'm a big fan of whales. Okay. Have you ever touched or talked to a whale? I, I know we've, we're, we're taking a big caveat here. Oh, I would love to 
communicate with a whale. That'd be a dream come true. I have never. I've been around whales. Uh, I was like SeaWorld? I was up in Boston once and I was, you know, in mm. a boat and saw them in the water and the stuff. The harpoons. The yes. fishermen. Yes. The whale blubber. Let's yeah. make some wax candles. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Uh, never had an opportunity to really get up close and personal. I have always wanted to. So if there is sort of an aquarium out there that says, we love the Booterverse, we would love him to come touch our whales. I would be more than happy to come. Whales are my favorite animal. I think you should really work on that and just see what's out there. Oh, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. I know we digressed a little bit on the whales. There, no I'm a big fan. I am too. Um, back to back to the feline. So we were talking about the difference between the physiological and the sort of energy that their soul might emit. Yeah. How do animals talk to you? I mean, how does this work? So you're sit- let's say you're sitting in a room, a cat Puts it in your face. <laughs> Obviously, he's wanting or she's wanting to be social. Are they talking to you at that point? Or is it, do, how does it work? How, who initiates? I believe that they're always communicating. It's just a matter of, are we listening to them? So it's kind of like AM radio. It's always on, but you don't know what you're going to get. Absolutely. That's a perfect analogy. Again, I'm going to ask, have you ever gotten something that you didn't want to or something that made you uncomfortable when you've tuned in? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, I'll talk to animals and they'll, I'll immediately hear the word cancer or I'll immediately hear the word, you know, liver failure or kidney failure, whatever. And, um... I'm not a vet, so obviously I can't diagnose anything, and I don't want to diagnose anything. That's not my job. Um, but you know, sometimes I do feel like it's I, I need to tell the person that the animal is trying to communicate this that they do have cancer, and a lot of times, you know, I'm right. They have cancer. They need to put down, be put down, or whatever. So those are hard messages to give when an animal is like, "I'm ready to go, and I need your help going." When a dog is licking its balls, what is it trying to say? <laughs> um, my balls are dirty, and I need to clean them. <laughs> but isn't there something more? Is there a hidden message that they're trying to get across? I'm not so sure. I, I, I think it's pretty. Blatant. They just want to clean their balls. Mm. Pretty much it. Mm. Well, I've not met a man who wouldn't. Now, I will say, you know, I think a lot of people would find this very fantastical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How, how do you bridge the gap into taking what you do and and maybe trying to mainstream it or, or just being able to educate the public and how all of this sort of works? Right. Well... You know, a lot of people have told me, well, I don't believe in what you do because I'm a Christian or I, you know, I'm religious and I don't believe anything you say. And I'm like, I'm great. That's great. I'm not here to change your religion or change your beliefs or anything, but this is what I do. This is what I know. This is what I've learned. And I've always been drawn to the metaphysical and I've always been drawn to the laws of the universe. I've always been drawn to science of mind, uh, you know, we create our own realities with our thoughts. We can communicate. We are all energy. We can communicate with others and with animals telepathically. Uh, for me, this is science. It's not woo-woo like so many people think it is. And I think in 10 years, hopefully sooner than that, people will start realizing, you know, hey, maybe this this isn't really woo-woo. This is us utilizing another part of our brains that we have the ability to tap into energies and tap into these wavelengths that not everybody can tap into but if you develop the ability you can also do it as a human 
Well, I, I think it, it's really interesting that you brought up Christians because having read through Holy Writ several times myself, you know, there are a lot of jackasses in the Bible. And I am kind of curious. Uh, I believe there was a passage about Balaam and a talking donkey. Any thoughts on that? Is it trying? Is Scripture trying to tell us something more along the lines of what you're doing? You know, I was I was raised Christian. And I don't remember that Scripture, but no, it's in there. I'm sure it oh, is. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think I think it also said in the Bible that animals are here as a gift from God, and and they're here for us to communicate with and here to work with, um, you know, simultaneously. So Yeah, let's put those, you know, uh, bits on the oxen and let's have them plow our fields. Let's get rid of big <laughs> agriculture and bring back the ox. I'm a big fan. Speaking of, of scripture, that is absolutely one subset of individuals who may be sort of against what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other side I could see are people who are very in tune with the biological structures of the world and say, no, 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 no. What animals are doing are purely instinctual. They are purely biological in nature, that there is nothing more in the sense of a higher power, higher purpose, or the, you know this, this notion of energy. It just, it's just conditioning and biological sort of happenstance. What would, how do you talk to that person who's hyper-scientific, who says, we have the answers to most of these questions? Well, I would ask them, well, what is instinct? You know, instinct to me is intuition. It's the same thing. They're one and the same. Believe it or not, humans have instinct as well. It's just that we've been so caught up in this culture and this society that we forget we are instinctual creatures. Absolutely. Just when like I, animals. When I go to those Gucci loafers and purchase those at the store, that's instinct. <laughs> I mean, I know a good product when I see it and I say that needs to be on my feet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, have you ever talked to a bison? buffalo i have not but that would be interesting have you ever been to like a ted's montana grill or a steakhouse and sort of had you know it is can you when you go out to eat places can you hear things coming from different plates around you i do not feel that or sense that or okay so when when they're slabs or you know sort of a perhaps a a tuna salad uh, there's no there's nothing left well, I believe that when animals are dead, they their souls leave their bodies. And mm. so that's just their physical body. That's not them. Are there apparitions that are animals? I mean, like, is there a cat ghost running around? Are there there are dogs, you know, in the ether sort of haunting my dreams? I don't know if they're haunting us per se, but I believe that their spirits and their souls stay with us, uh, you know, to guide us, to direct us, to help us in many, many ways. We will be right back with Carrie Kennedy after the break. And now, fake presidential speeches in history. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Well, indeed I did. are back with Carrie Kennedy, pet psychic extraordinaire. She is doing things with animals that I wouldn't want to watch on a video. Now, the question I have, Carrie, why are animals so objectified in literature and movies? And do they feel that? Do they feel objectified? They probably have no idea that we objectify them. Can they watch TV? 
Oh, yeah. I have all kinds of animals that are telling me that they love to watch TV with their owners, especially dogs. Right. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna pose a question. I'm going to see if you can suss it out. Do I have an animal right now in my possession? At you my, do not. I do not. Have I had animals in the past? You have. I have indeed. Okay. Wow. She's two for two. <laughs> all right, folks. I'm going to keep score. So like a heat game or or the Germany soccer game, seven to one against good old Brazil. Brazil. I know. Yikes. Crazy. Hello. So <laughs> the the animals that we're talking about. So two for two. Carrie Kennedy is two for two. Uh, I don't have any animals right now. I did have an animal or animals in the past. Uh, did I have dogs or cats or parrots or turtles? What what sort of animals? I feel like you ha- you have a brown dog around you. Are you able to be more specific? I mean, do you mean currently do I have a brown dog or did I have a brown there dog? There is a spirit of a brown dog around you. So I don't know if this was your dog in this lifetime or could be another lifetime, but there is a spirit of a dog, a brown dog around you. So we are crossing lifetimes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now that's got to be confusing for you because it if you're be. here now and then you're talking to an animal of a couple centuries, you know, like what if you were Napoleon's French poodle? How would you feel? <laughs> that could be kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, so how do you weed through all the noise? There's definitely a brown dog around you. There's a black dog around you as well. Mm. So you've said these things. What makes you believe that? Like, how does that happen? How do these ideas or thoughts come to you? Or is there no explanation? It's hard to explain, but I, like I said earlier, I call it going into the gap where I just listen. And the first thing that comes to me is what I say. And to me, that's intuition. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of a knowing. It's a feeling. It's whatever pops into my head is what I see and what I say. Mm-hmm. So I'm clairaudient, clairvisual. Clairaudient. Clair- clairvoyant, sorry. Um, I have been able to hear animals. Do they speak English? To, I mean, do you hear their <laughs> thoughts in sort of English? Or is it sort of an emotion like pain? Or you, you mentioned cancer or liver failure, those sort of things. But are they are they able to communicate in sentences to you? To me, it comes in words. In words and um, splices and little sentences. And, you know, mostly I'll hear cancer or two years old, you know, whatever they want to tell me. It's not complete sentences. So it's very much like translating the language. Mm. So you are sort of the Rosetta Stone, if you will, for animals. That's very much a compliment. So yes, thank you. Well, I I mean, I, I suppose that's what you'd like to be. How about that? Absolutely. Yes. Because I don't know if you are. I, I can't say that I'm a believer necessarily, but Hey, and that's healthy. That's healthy to be skeptical. I feel healthy. I feel good. Good. Uh, The beard is a a healthy glow to it. Uh, Oiled it today. A little jojoba oil. I think people know that's my regimen. Thank you. If somebody doesn't have a dog or a dog has passed on, perhaps, Mm -hmm. are you able to get a sense of how a past animal has felt? Absolutely, especially when I can see a picture of that animal who's crossed. I can tune into their energy and tell you, you know... Everything about their likes and dislikes and their personalities and all kinds of things. So you're able to do this with animals, but then also with pictures of perhaps animals to have passed on. Yes. And that's kind of my specialty, actually, is talking to animals and people who have crossed over. Have you ever talked to a rubber ducky? I, or is I, that a different thing? That's that's kind of a different thing, yeah. Oh, Okay. I mean, because bath time. I, I have fun. had animals tell me rubber ducky, so that maybe that was their favorite toy or whatever. But mm. uh, what is the most interesting thing you've ever had an animal say to you? That is a really good question. 
um, I don't know about the most interesting, but I'll never forget a dog that just couldn't stop thanking me for the messages I was giving to its owner. And that really meant a lot to me. I mean, it really touched me. When you see pictures of Grumpy Cat on your browser, (laughs) do you get the sense that she's actually grumpy? Or do you get the sense that Grumpy Cat actually is a happy cat? Believe it or not, Grumpy Cat is very, very happy and content. Very sweet and loving. Have you seen that deal that she just got? My God, (laughs) I could buy a small nation with that amount of money. I know, right? She's she's actually very cuddly and loving. Loving, that's just how she was born. That's just how she looks, so. And she's a dwarf. People don't know that. She's got some sort of cat feeling yes, dwarfism. Yes, she does. We talked about the objectification of animals. Uh, you know, third grade was very traumatic for a lot of people. Let's think about it. Old Yeller, Sounder, uh, Where the Red Fern Grows, yeah. The Yearling. Why do we do this to ourselves and do animals feel bad about it? I don't think they feel bad about it. I think they're like, why are you putting yourself through this suffering kind of thing? Why do we put ourselves through suffering watching Old Yeller or reading Old Yeller and, you know, watching Lassie and I don't get it. It's, well, I, I don't know, do but it. it was always good to find out that Timmy was alive, yes. that the barn may have been on fire or he may have fallen down a well, but yes. Lassie was always going to be there to save him. Exactly. So Such maybe, a good dog. I don't know how the real Lassie was in real life, uh, but did you ever watch a show when you were a kid, uh, Mr. Ed? Absolutely. The talking horse. The talking horse. Now, you do work with horses, is that right? I do, yes. Uh, What do horses generally, what is their general demeanor? A horse. Is a horse, of course, a horse. (laughs) To me, they are very majestic, beautiful, profound, intelligent creatures. Have you ever encountered a horse that has been ridden bareback? (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Especially by kids. They love kids just riding bareback do they like having horseshoes on them or do they find it like most women sort of like a stiletto heel very uncomfortable (laughs) they're pretty comfortable with their shoes um the only time they're uncomfortable is when the farrier kind of messes with them and maybe you know pokes them where they where he shouldn't um but they're pretty used to their shoes yeah Mm. hmm That's great. Kind of like me and my Gucci loafers. Uh, You know, we were talking about books, but animals are also utilized in movies a lot. I'm thinking of, you know, Babe, uh, Turner and Hooch, Marley and Me, uh, White Fang. Jaws. Jaws. Oh, Jaws. Yeah. But that was, I mean, not like a real, but there wasn't a real shark in Jaws. I mean, Spielberg. Okay. Quick question. Sorry. Talking about the inimitable director, Steven Spielberg. Have you ever communed with dinosaurs? Wow, I have not. Because I would, love to, I would love to talk to a Triceratops because I would feel like <laughs> that, that would, people, people know the Triceratops is a very interesting animal. Yes. I feel like when that Triceratops in Jurassic Park died, <laughs> you know, it was very traumatic for people. Absolutely. You know, I probably could if I saw a picture, but... That, right, but how are we going to get... Now, okay. How are we going to get validation? Right. Well, I ask that question all the time. Right. Um, how... It, could you... Could you take literally a bag of animal bones and do something with that? Probably not. Because, again, that's their body. That's not their soul speaking to me. So it's not... So really, the physical has very little to do with 
what you're what you're focusing absolutely. on. Absolutely. And you know, even with humans, the physical our physical bodies we're just renting out the space in our bodies. That's it, you know. Our bodies are not who we are. We are our souls. We I like to spirits. think I rent to own my body. <laughs> Me I too. <laughs> I treat it very well. If you had to sum up what animals in general are trying to tell their humans, mm-hmm. what is the basic message that they're trying to, that you, or, or common message that you find that you hear? Not get so wrapped up in what's going to happen, but what's happening right now. Being in the present moment and just being happy and being grateful for everything you have. I like gratitude. I think it's a good emotion. Gratitude a good... is a fantastic Thing. Yeah, it's a great disposition. Yes. Uh, what is the most grateful animal that you've ever come in contact with? I would say dogs for sure. Yeah, what is it about dogs? They just are so happy. I mean, they're just like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. Huh? You know, what? what is it about dogs that's so different from cats, for example, with in terms of their maybe energy? I think even more than cats, they're so in tune with us and so in tune with just being here in the moment and being living in the now and feeling 100% what unconditional love feels like. Are cats passive aggressive? <laughs> I think that they can be, yes, just like humans, absolutely. Are they more passive aggressive than other animals? I would say no. I would say all animals probably have passive aggressive behaviors. When you see movies like Dr. Doolittle, how does that make you feel? happy and exuberant and Mm. I want everybody to know that it's not just you know a Hollywood fantasy but that everybody can listen and talk to animals and literally talk with the animals and walk with the animals absolutely that's great well Carrie Kennedy thank you so so much for being on the show I hope you achieve your goal of talking to a triceratops swimming (laughs) with dolphins and perhaps being able to touch a narwhal or a humpback whale how can people, humans, the human species, if they need some pet psychic care, how can they reach you? Well, I'm on Facebook. I'm under Carrie Kennedy Pet Psychic. It's uh, My last name is spelled a little bit funny. It's K-E-N-A-D-Y. You can also go to my website. It's www.talktopets.com. If you need someone to talk to your pet, just give Carrie a little email burst. Find her on Facebook, and uh, hopefully she can tell you what your animal wants you to hear. Carrie, thank you so much again for being on the show, and best of luck in all of your endeavors. Thank you so much for having me on. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, tuning into your energy has been an interesting experience, and I hope that dogs and cats out there, if you're listening into the show, we love you. Treat your owners well. This has been another episode of the Booterverse, and seriously, buy your animal a treat. I'll love you for it. Well, my friends, that does it for another episode of the Booterverse. Episode 4 is in the ether. It's too bad I can't read minds to get a fix on it. But you can download it on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe. You know you want to. It's like eating a fast food hamburger. You know it's going to be a bad decision, but you're going to enjoy every step of the way. A big thank you to Carrie Kennedy for being our guest on the show today. To our production team, Sonny, Jacob, and of course, Courtney Sheneberry, thank you all so, so much. To our listeners, you are always, as Judy says, gems. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't had enough of me on the podcast, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter under the handle The Booter. Always remember, as Apollo 13 showed us, interstellar travel can be a bit of a but the Booterverse is only a click away. Booter.